outside the box, preferring collaboration to separation. Today's topic is apartheid. About 30 years ago, apartheid, a system of segregation and discrimination based on skin color, officially ended in South Africa. Of course, unofficially, segregation continues in that country, along with huge differences in economic and social status. But apartheid is not just in South Africa, and it is more than just about skin color. One form of apartheid is based on gender, made clear in recent demonstrations in Iran over dress restrictions forced on women, but also over the control of women by men. Women can't go out of the house or do certain jobs or marry or decide not to marry without permission from men. And while Iran is an obvious and distressing case, it's hardly the only place where women are kept separate and their freedoms limited. Next door in Afghanistan, things may be worse because girls are not even allowed to go to school. They do get better outside the Muslim world, but I could find forms of apartheid against women or based on gender identity in almost every country on this earth, including the U.S. Another example of apartheid is practiced by Israelis against Palestinians. This is apartheid based on religion and maybe also on skin color. Israelis limit whether Palestinians can live in Israel, work there, or even enter Israel, especially if coming from the West Bank or Gaza. Other examples of apartheid based on religion include the treatment of Uyghurs and other Muslim minorities like Kazakhs in China, the Indian government's marginalization of Muslims in Kashmir and other states, and Burma's Karen population, forced to live in camps in neighboring Thailand. For the Karen, apartheid is based on cultural as well as religious differences. Some enforced segregation is also happening in Europe, where immigrants from Africa and the Middle East are perceived as a threat. While not as obvious, there are places with enforced separation based on disability, such as workspaces or schools that separate those with physical or intellectual disabilities from others. Those with mental disabilities are often put in segregation, literally, in prisons or jails or special institutions. I'm realizing that separation of those with lower incomes from those with high incomes, especially in the U.S., can also be a form of apartheid. Authors Felice Yeskel and Chuck Collins discuss it in their book, Economic Apartheid in America. There are occasional legal restrictions, such as zoning and lot size, and gated communities, allowing the wealthy to stay away from everyone else. The separation is mostly economic, creating exclusive neighborhoods and developing relationships among the rich that help them to concentrate their political clout. We may not think of real estate segregation as apartheid, but it can easily keep people of color and those with lower incomes out 
and provide access only to those with wealth. Think of exclusive country clubs. Is the word apartheid appropriate in all these cases? The term has even been used by former U.S. President Jimmy Carter and other writers. In each case, some of those in power are, often legally, segregating others without power, keeping them physically, socially, and economically separated from other parts of society. They may be restricted to camps, as Jews and others were in Europe, and Japanese were in this country during World War II. And Native people still are today, to some extent. Sometimes segregation may turn into forced isolation, or even genocide. How do you feel about apartheid and the different forms it can take? I'm Larry Danzinger, offended by apartheid, no matter how it came about.